Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Lee Flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. With the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Cornwalls get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake from. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake. Puntandpass.com the number one destination for all things college football. Week three is on deck. The slate, not ideal, but we got plenty to talk about, Jake. A couple of news and storylines to dive into on three and out. Of course, we're going to be breaking down the biggest games of the upcoming weekend. DB's three-piece coming back with a vengeance. I got a great one I've cooked up on prize picks. I'll tell you about in just a little bit, but we've got some massive news first. Massive breaking news right here on the Punt and Pass podcast. Jake, take it away. Yeah, so uh, big news from the from, from the From family. Can't even pronounce my own name right. Uh, man, so excited. Uh, me and my wife are happy to announce that there will be a little From coming your way in March 2024. All right. Congratulations. A From baby on the way. Jake From and Miss Caroline expecting march 2024 it's the best man congratulations that's so awesome honored that you break that news right here on the punt and pass podcast that's how close we are now that's it there's there's no other place i would want to break that news than right that is so awesome um definitely would recommend and you're not at this stage yet jackie my wife last night she was like hey have you heard about the jason kelsey documentary on amazon prime i was like no we watched it. It was an hour and 45 minutes. Phenomenal. Could not recommend enough. Jason Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles last year, thought that it was going to be his final season in the NFL. So he was like, yeah, Amazon, you can follow me around. Jake, 
The Eagles go 13 and one. Their first loss was to the Washington Commanders. You guys. He yes, starts sir. a podcast with his brother. It explodes millions of downloads in popularity. He ends up playing his brother in the Super Bowl. His wife, this is why I'm telling you that, his wife was 38 weeks pregnant during <laughs> Super Bowl week. So you guys are going to be experiencing what it's like to be expecting during a football Ooh. season. Anybody out there who loves football could not recommend the Kelsey documentary enough on Amazon Prime Video. You guys should watch it as well. Caroline will definitely get a kick out of it. Um, it was great. So I guess that's my hot tip to back up Jake with huge Ooh. news. Expecting. God bless you, man. That's awesome. Ooh. So happy for you. So Thank you. happy for you. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks. That's right. Prize Picks is a skill-based fantasy game, and it's the best daily fantasy game on the entire market. No better time to download the Prize Picks app than right now. Now, download that app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT and you get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. So much to get down on. Football's back, college football, Major League Baseball. Braves, I think, just clinched the NL East. That game is happening as we're talking. I believe they might have just wrapped it up against the Philadelphia Phillies. There's no better place. Than prize picks. You can win up to 25x your money with instant payouts. And again, it's just you versus the projections available. You don't have to go up against the pros. You pick two to six players, guess if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection, and then cash, baby. That's what you do. Use the promo code PUNT, P U N T, PUNT, and you get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. That's prizepicks.com. DB3Ps coming up here in just a little bit. All right, Jake, let's dive right into three and out. Top three news storylines, getting everybody ready for their tailgates so you can sound the smartest heading into your college football weekend. Lots of noise around the Alabama football program. And look, we've all seen it before. If you're on the Twitter sphere or into the college football social media world, much like I am as a consumer, You've been seeing Alabama people absolutely losing their minds. Now, this is probably the fringe, Jake. This is the vocal minority, as I believe people call it, the people who have kind of the outcast thoughts making the loudest noise. But you're saying – you're seeing people say Nick Saban needs to retire. Nick Saban's lost it. Alabama's lost their fastball. I would have to think that's a bit overblown. Now, I'm going to give you a statistic here, Jake, but what are your general thoughts as a quarterback, as a team leader, as a guy who's been through those types of losses at home, tough losses, when you have to hear all that noise, which undoubtedly these players and coaches are. I think there's a whole lot of noise, um, and I think that only makes Alabama stronger. Um, it's been proven in the past that losing early is actually not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, especially uh, out of comes, conference. Yeah, when it comes to the season and where you end up losing late, everybody has that recency bias when it comes to that. So um, I, I still think they're in a perfect position to make a run. And then you're going to hit us with this stat here later that's just going to bring it home because I, I think they're going to be able to look themselves in the mirror. Uh, they're going to go to work this week and they hadn't even hit the SEC schedule yet. Um, and I think the SEC West is wide open. And it's always a dogfight when you get to the SEC Championship. And, uh, man, you win that one, and you're pretty much in. So I think they're right where they want to be, and they got a lesson hit early. 
And uh, you're going to bring it home with this, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and I can tell you, and you'll definitely back me up here on this one. When you take a loss like that, that's out of conference and it's early in the season, yes, of course, you go back to the drawing board. You're going to fix what went wrong. But the coaches are telling this locker room, hey, guys, every single one of our goals are still out there. Haven't started conference play. 100%. We got 11 weeks left in the regular season. Kind of crazy. They're going to South Florida this weekend, which is just wild. So they're playing in Tampa. That game's at 3.30 p.m. Saturday on ABC. But this statistic will make you think twice about the demise of Alabama, and it comes from Mike Calabrese at the Action Network. He says, quote, here's the thing. We've been here before with Nick Saban. Dating back to his time at LSU, a Saban coach team with a top six ranking in the AP poll has dropped a game before mid-October seven times, and that's just what happened. In four of those seven seasons, giddy up, Saban's teams have rebounded with a fury. Two of them won national titles, 2003 LSU, 2015 Alabama. One of those teams made the national title game, 2021 Alabama, and another made the college football playoff, 2014 Alabama. Here's what might be most telling, Jake. Only one of those four teams came equipped with a first-team All-SEC quarterback, and that was in 2021 with Bryce Young. So the point there is that oftentimes when they do take the loss early in the season, they don't have that amazing quarterback. That's only happened once when Bryce Young was the QB in 2021. Now here come the real statistics. Since those early to mid-season losses, Saban's teams have gotten off the mat and cumulatively played 60 games. 53 of those contests came against SEC or Power 5 opponents. Saban's record in those games, 53-7 and straight up. He wins after he loses. He puts the train back on the tracks. He coaches these guys. He gets them to believe again. They find out who they are. Do not close the book on Alabama. That's all I'm saying, okay? Do not close the book on the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know you're hearing other people saying they're done. I know you're hearing crazy fans saying Saban needs to retire. They still have a lot of talent, and statistically speaking, they have, quote, the most talented roster in all of college football. Did they look bad on Saturday night? Yeah. Uh, can you get caught in a tough spot and be vulnerable? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I don't think Alabama's going anywhere. No. The statistics would, would tell you that. I would label them as dangerous, and uh, Nick Saban does an unbelievable job at developing his players um, and then not just on the field, but to like behind closed doors, the guys in the leadership position, uh, some guys are going to step up, man, because they're Alabama football. They got that written across their chest. They got that A on their helmet and they're going to want to represent well. And then they don't want to be that team under Saban yeah. that lets all the other generations of players down. Uh, so they, they got a lot to prove. They're going to come on swinging. Yeah, they definitely do. Look, I totally agree. Crazy that they're going to Tampa to play South Florida this weekend. I mean, that Ole is Miss goes bizarre. To, Ole Miss goes to Tulane, and then the University of Alabama is going there. Unbelievable. I, I, I need I'm, to do some research. How the hell did that even get scheduled? Why is this that happening? is crazy. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But I'll probably be watching it because that's what I do. I'm a sicko on the weekends. I watch all <laughs> college football games. So, people, word of the wise. Don't sleep on Alabama. They win after they lose. That's just a fact. And I don't think Saban's going to be going anywhere. We'll definitely be talking about that team in late November. All right, second down on three and out. I sent you this article because you brought up a great point on Monday's podcast. We briefly touched on NIL and the transfer portal. Look, 
that horse is dead. It's getting beaten down every single day. But you said the NIL and transfer portal combination is not making the rich get richer full stop. It's bringing a bit of parity to college football. And I'm going to tweet out this link. Dan Wetzel from Yahoo wrote a great article simply asking the question, when is the doomsday of college football coming? All the administrators and all the uh, college football overlords that said when you pay the kids and they can transfer when they want, nobody's going to care and college football is going to lose in popularity. Texas versus Alabama was the most watched football game on ESPN primetime, I think, ever. If that statistic is correct, I'm going to pull it up right here. The popularity of the sport is continuing to grow. 8.8 million people tuned into ESPN to watch Texas-Alabama last week, the most viewed Saturday game on the network since 2014. Shout out to my guy Prime. It just barely edged out the 8.7 million who watched Nebraska-Colorado on Fox at noon. It's crazy. It was just behind the 9.2 million people who watched LSU, Florida State the week prior. However, that was a standalone game on a Sunday night. Let me bring this back to what you said, though, Jake. You said NIL and the transfer portal bring parity to college football. Just look around. It's what's happening. Think of the SEC. Dan Wetzel says you can't get much richer than the SEC. They've dominated the sport for nearly two decades. This year, the SEC is only three and six against power five teams. Alabama, LSU, Florida, Texas A&M, and South Carolina have all got smoked by double digits already. The once forgotten Pac-12, meanwhile, is 21 and four overall and has eight ranked teams through two weeks of the season. The Pac-12, which will no longer exist a year from now. And why? Dan Wetzel says a big reason is because it starts 10 transfer quarterbacks. USC's Caleb Williams, formerly of Oklahoma. Colorado's Shador Sanders, Jackson State. Washington's Michael Penix Jr., Indiana. Bo Nix at Oregon's from Auburn. And Oregon State has DJU from Clemson. The talent is dispersing because of NIL, because of the transfer portal. And, Jake, this is exactly what you said. If you do it right, you can recruit more talent to your team, or you could do what Prime did at Colorado and completely revamp a roster. It's not bad for the sport, and certainly people don't care because we're all still watching it. It's uh, it's amazing. I think it's the last thing anyone expected. Um, yeah, the Pac-12 has become a rehab center for quarterbacks. Uh, which is great. I mean, these guys are getting opportunities to go out, play ball, learn a little bit in the process, um, and it really put some good stuff on tape. Um, cannot believe the Pac-12 is diminishing and will no longer it's be crazy, a thing. Isn't it? That's crazy. But the the NIL and the transfer portal, it's a, it's allowing a a quicker turnaround for programs to be able to get a good product out there and be able to compete. I mean, the best example is Colorado and yeah. Deion Sanders. I mean, they took a – how many wins they have last year? Three? One. One. They were wow. one and 11. Worst one team in college one, football. Won one game last year, and now they're 2-0 and oh and putting all kind of numbers, and now they have the top three most watched games in college football. Freaking game day is going there this weekend. It's insane. It's crazy. I mean, the the quickness of turnaround that's being able to happen in college football uh, is insane. I, I, you, I don't think anyone could sit here and, ex- and say they expected that to happen. Because I think we all expected initially that the rich were going to get richer and the SEC was going to dominate for not just two more decades, but for the next five. I totally agree. Now, y- you mentioned the Pac-12 being a quarterback rehab center. 
if you got that opportunity and you were like, okay, take a deep breath. It's not working out where I am. Maybe I didn't get along with the offensive coordinator. The scheme wasn't the right fit. Some guys left, some skill players left around me to where I'm not going to be able to shine as much. I'll take one, for example, DJU. Okay. At yep. Clemson last year, got benched. People were like, this dude can't throw the ball. I mean, he couldn't complete a very simple throw towards the end of the season. He gets a fresh start. Now, was he chasing the bag through NIL? I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but week one against San Jose State, he throws for 280, looks sharp. Receivers are running crisp routes. It's like, who is this guy? What goes into that decision as a quarterback to say, let me clear my mind. Let me vibe with a specific play caller. And I know I've got it inherently in me because it's cool to see those stories, even like a Bo Nix who's, you know, he's got Heisman love out there right now. Yeah, to me, that's a great question. And the two things that jump out to me uh, initially are, hey, the well, really kind of encompass each other, the situation, right? I want to go to a place where they want me to be the guy. I'm the guy. That way I have that that comfort level in the building. Don't have to look over my back shoulder um, that, hey, we're, we're going to find a way to make this work, right? It's kind of like marriage. Like, I ain't going anywhere. We got to yeah. figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Uh, and then two, I, I want to go to a place too where I, I trust the coaching staff and I trust the system of what the system I think is best for me and my skill set too. So, um, and go to a place too, man, you think that things are turning around and you're going to be around some good guys to, to help you along that process Some good receivers and good offensive line, uh, good offensive lines, completely underrated. Uh, man, you just want to go to a place you feel comfortable and you feel like you're going to have some dudes around you to be able to have some, have some success. What is it like to kind of, I don't know if you'd call them the yips as a quarterback, but I, I would liken it to golf or kicking where you're just uh-huh. not hitting the ball well. Um, and my dad always used to say, if you're struggling, if it's practice time, if it's training camp time and you just don't have it, he was like, if it's just one of those days, freaking stop, like stop, go work out, go stretch. Cause all you're going to do is continue to hammer in those bad habits. Now there are certain times where you can dig it out of the dirt, but my question is for you as a quarterback, how quick can that kind of doubt get into your mind? Is it a throw? Is it not feeling the ball in your hand right? Uh, how, how does that mentally kind of stay in the back of your head uh, when that doubt on that on, on for certain starts creeping in? Yeah, so I think one of the most underrated things talked about for quarterback is – the confidence level he's playing with there, to me, there's nothing more dangerous than a quarterback who's playing with a lot of confidence, confidence in the system, confidence in his skill set, confidence in the guys around him. Hey, confidence in man. I trust that dude. And yeah. that dude's going to go up and make a play for me no matter what. Um, and the ball's just coming out of your hand. Well, you're putting the ball exactly where you want to put it. Um, man, that's just, it's so fun to be able to get there as a quarterback to play with a lot of confidence because you feel like you're unstoppable. Man, there's no defense that can can mess with you, mess with what you guys are doing. Yeah, um, and it's it's really tough to get there. But uh, to me, it takes a lot of reps, a lot of comfort, um, a lot of reps with with a lot of guys to to get there. But man, once you get there, you're on, you're on top of the world. It's like that flow state where you're not even thinking; oh, yeah. you're just spinning it. Okay, so on the flip side, two three and outs to start the game. Maybe mm. running back fumbles. Maybe there was a tipped pass that turns into an interception. How do you put the train back on the tracks to get to that spot in the game? Yeah, it's tough uh, to, for me, sometimes when I don't feel like I'm throwing it all that well, or, you know, missed here, missed there, 
like uh, sometimes I just have, in my head I just say, man, f it, I'm just gonna go out and and just rip it. No matter yeah. what, I, you gotta have confidence in and just get the ball out and rip it, throw it as hard as you can, and hopefully something good happens. But you, there's you can't you can't hold back, you can't second guess yourself. Uh, you have to make split second decisions because everybody on that field is counting on you to not only be a playmaker, but be the best decision maker too on that field. And you have a, a hair of a second to make that decision. So can't second guess what decisions you're making, man, put the ball out there and go back to play. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, that's really all you can do in the heat of battle. Robbie yep. gold. I, I spent, I don't know, five weeks with the Chicago bears in 2014 during OTAs. Um, and Robbie, one of the greatest kickers in NFL history, just legendary, amazing technique, um, such a good kicker, especially in Chicago for all those years. But he always told me, he's like, you know, some days you just don't have it. Like, you're going to walk out there on a Sunday and you don't have it. What yep. are you going to do? And he was like, I can trust that my OK ball will get the job done. I was like, yep. that must be a pretty good feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, yeah. you know, I can revert back to this specific technique to know I'm going to be okay from 45 or in or whatever, but that's why he played for about 20 damn years. So yeah, his, his okay ball is as good as, you know, a, a thousands people best ball on their best day. No doubt. Charlie Whitehurst, uh legendary Clemson quarterback, uh, NFL career for a very long time in the Atlanta area. When I was coming out, we used to train together in the off season. He was like, you just need to be at B or B plus every day. You don't need to be A plus, then C, then A, then D, then B, B, A, C. He's like, no, 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 B, 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 B plus, B plus. He's like, consistency, consistency let those coaches win. know exactly what they can yeah. expect. And that uh, is very powerful for any young athletes. Yeah, one of, uh, one of EB's favorite uh, sayings is being able to put consistent behavior on tape. Yep. Yeah, Mike Tomlin used to say the tape is your living, breathing resume. That's the only mm -hmm. way we're going to judge you. So good stuff here, man. Good man look at us. Put this behind Ooh. a paywall. Jeez, <laughs> almighty. All right, third down. You know, I could not let this episode get away without mentioning Coach Prime in Colorado. But I do need to say I got this topic. I've been known to bounce around the message boards a little bit. always want to get the pulse of the fan base. Mm. Shout out Roddy Nabolsi and the dog band. I saw this topic. I dove in because the title was Coach Prime. Uh, the poster was NC Law Dog. So if you're a punt and pass listener, shout out to you. But he posed the questions and it made me think. If Tennessee were to beat Florida by 30, 40 points this weekend in the swamp, 7 p.m., ESPN, Tennessee's won twice in 51 years down there. If Tennessee just lays it on Florida after their horrible season opener against Utah, the Billy Napier doubters and the Billy Napier boobirds will be as loud as it's ever been. The question NC Law Dog asked is, could Deion Sanders' name start circulating to say, get his ass down to Gainesville? He's already proven it. He's SEC ready. I think we all can probably agree that Colorado is not the long-term destination for Dion. Who knows what is? But would that become a talking point? Will Dion's name be the one that starts getting circulated for some big jobs where there might be some blood in the water? Think about a Texas A&M if they keep losing and Jimbo Fisher's there. A Florida where Dion would undoubtedly crush it with the culture Air Jordan, national championship history, SEC. I don't know, Jake. 
I don't know, but I thought it was a fascinating topic. Again, shout out to NC Law Dog, Dog Vent, Roddy Nabolsi. Made me think, could that happen? And what do you think the timeline is like for that and Coach Prime? Well, to me, the the good and bad with the NIL and the transfer portal of being able to make stuff happen quickly is you also have to, as a coach, be able to make stuff happen quickly and get wins and turn the program around very quickly. And sometimes you get a really short lease, uh, leash excuse me, from the higher-ups uh, at the university because they, they want to see a good product out there. So I don't know when that timeline is. Um, depends on how bad these losses look on the sideline, decision-makings, play calls, uh, all of the above. But I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it can't happen because I, th- I think Florida would be a great spot for him. I don't – I would love to see that matchup, Dion and Kirby go at it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that'd be, I, I, that'd be I, know, awesome. I know that's the last thing Kirby wants is to to go into the state of Florida and have to out recruit Dion uh, for these high school kids. No because, question, dude. I mean, no question. That's going to be tough. Um, so I think the last thing a lot of these coaches want is for uh, Dion to show up in the SEC. But I I, I definitely think it's in the long run for him. I, I know. There's got to be, right? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and read his mind and tell you it makes stuff up. But if I'm Dion and I'm coaching, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I want to coach at the highest level, right? So I, I think uh, the sky's the limit for him. And, and what better place to be than in the SEC? Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like, obviously, with what he did at Colorado, complete revamp of the roster, 60 transfers or whatever the number was yep. in and out. Like, you can't just go do that again. Like, because – parents and kids won't trust you. I I feel like he would kind of fracture his approach if he were to do it within a year. Now, three years, of course, four years, two years, even. Okay. We all knew Dion wanted something more, but right after what he's done, um, I think that would just kind of hinder the specialty of what he's built in such a short time. Um, And it might make recruits think twice, but again, on the whole, that will 100% be a talking point whenever those big-name jobs and those coaches start getting on the very, very hot seat. So good three-and-out topics today, man. It's, yeah, man. Uh, it's a Thursday it's episode good. of the podcast. Look, the, the slate this weekend might not be the best, but if you listen to this podcast, you're damn sure are going to win your tailgate conversation. You would have never known. No doubt about it. All right, should we dial in the DB3 piece on prize picks? It's time. I've been waiting to hear it the whole time. Yeah, I know you have. Um, And the people are clamoring for it as well. Okay. Last week, we got off to a pretty good start. It did not hit. This week, it will hit. We hit week one. We missed week two. We're back on the wagon in week three. And we start in Gainesville. Yeah, we just talked about it. We'll break it down when we go inside the five for our breakdowns of the biggest games of the week. But I'm looking at Joe Milton, okay? Mm. Tennessee quarterback, a lot of pressure down there, a lot of narratives about how they have not been successful in Gainesville. But right now at Prize Picks, he's projected two and a half rushing, passing, or receiving touchdowns total. I think he goes more than two and a half total touchdowns. Joe Milton, you know, run one, throw for two, throw for three. He will have more than two and a half rushing, passing, or receiving touchdowns total. We're going out west, Bo Nix. Okay. 
getting back on the wagon. Oregon's putting up some pretty big numbers. Crazy game against Texas Tech last week. But Bo Nix is projected to have two and a half passing yards. They're playing Hawaii. Hawaii's defense, not mm-hmm. the best. Bo Nix, he's going to air it out. He will have more than two and a half passing touchdowns for the Oregon Ducks. And I'm staying in Gainesville for my last pick. Sorry, Graham Mertz. I hate to do this to you. You are going to throw a pick against Tennessee this weekend. Okay. Graham Mertz, Florida's quarterback, more than a half an interception. This game, I, I, I don't have a really good feel on it. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I know you've never played in the swamp. I've never played in the swamp. I think that's a huge, huge void in any Georgia players uh, and even a Florida player for not playing between the hedges. But you just wish you got that experience having played in pretty much every other SEC stadium. It's going to be wild. I think there'll be some mistakes, some jitters that they're going to have to work out early. Graham Mertz, you're throwing a pick this weekend more than a half. And interception. So that's the DB three piece coming up for week three of the college football season. Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback, more than two and a half rushing, passing, and receiving touchdowns total. Bo Nix out west for the Oregon Ducks, more than two and a half passing touchdowns. And Graham Mertz, Florida's quarterback, he's throwing an interception, more than a half an interception down in the swamp. So there it is, DB three piece. We're getting back on the wagon. It's going to smack. Use the promo code PUNT. When you download that Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, it gives you a 100% deposit match up to $100. All right, you ready to break down some of these games? Let's do it. Let's start at noon on SEC Network, number 14 LSUs heading to Mississippi State. This is just an interesting place to play, Davis Wade Stadium. It almost seems like the cowbells are as loud at 11 a.m. local time as they can be at 6 p.m. for a primetime game. Right now, LSU's a a 9.5-point favorite. The total's 54.5. Look, Jaden Daniels, this LSU offense, they took it on the chin in week one against Florida State. Florida State now number three in the country. That's awesome for them. A great SEC West rivalry here. I don't know. This is just a tough place to play. 11 a.m. local kick. What are your thoughts here, Jake? I agree with the tough place to play. Uh, Georgia went there uh, two years ago, or was it last year, Um, and had a really, really rough first half. Yep, last year. Um, But, uh, man, LSU – I think if they if they want to be what they want to be, if they want to be back in the SEC championship, I think they have to go into a place like this and handle business. Uh, and I think Jane Daniels needs a needs a big game, and uh, I think they're going to be all right. I think they'll be able to handle uh, whatever Mississippi State has for them at the beginning of the game, um, and they're just going to be able to endure just a little bit longer. All right, so you like LSU here. Like you said, you got a TCB in these types of situations. Take care of business. I got to give a shout-out to my man, Rylan Goody, who's now a tight end out there at Mississippi State, Georgia transfer. It's tough to remind yourself. This is a different look of a Mississippi State team. Tough defense, hard-nosed offense. They have obviously changed the approach from a game plan perspective. RIP Mike Leach, all-time legend. I think this one stays close. Give me the nine and a half points. LSU wins by a touchdown. I think it'll be closer than some people expect. Just Let's to jump. add on, just Please. to add on to your different approach to Mississippi State, Will Rogers would throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. He only threw the ball 17 times. Yeah. Last I mean, that's game. Drastically their, different. Yeah. And their win last week against uh, Arizona. So just a, a different ball team, different ball club. Yeah, you got to remind yourself that. That's why you listen to punt and pass. All right, 3.30 between the hedges. The SEC on CBS kicks off for its final season. South Carolina heads to Athens to take on the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. This line is massive. 
27 and a half point favorites. Georgia is the totals 54 and a half. I mean, look, does Georgia have more talent? Yes. Does Georgia have more depth? Yes. Will Sanford Stadium be rocking? Of course. Has Kirby dominated Shane Beamer? Yes. They still have Spencer Rattler. Um, this wide receiver, Xavier Leggett, hell, he's averaging 20 yards per catch through the first two games, Jake. George is going to win the game. 27 and a half. I think that's too many points, man. I mean, give me the points here. I, just a backdoor cover? Yeah. 35 to 10, maybe? Georgia started slow. To me, it started I, slow. I, I, to me, it's just two things here. Well, first off, before we get into that, I absolutely love a 330 game in college. That was my favorite time to play, especially at home. Nothing got better than a 330 game at home. Um, but for me, I think this comes down to which Spencer Rattler shows up that day. 100%. It's all about that. And then two, not how fast of a start the dogs get off to, but how slow of a start the dogs get off to. Because I, I just, they haven't quite figured it out. They don't have an identity yet. And I do think it'll be a slow start for them. Um, yeah. Just, and what would tell it, you that it's not going to be? Yeah. And the, the proof's in the put in the last two games. And so let's just see how fast they turn it around. Um, and then maybe we're probably looking at another big second quarter to to get out and get out to a commanding lead. Look, I totally agree. Uh, I said this on Monday. You can close your ears. Georgia's won 13 straight SEC home games. Last loss was against South Carolina in 2019. <laughs> Last year, it was the worst loss in series history for South Carolina. They got beat by 41 points. It was 48 to seven. They scored late. It was 48 to nothing. Kirby Smart's been dominant over Shane Beamer. Remember, South Carolina knocked off two top 10 opponents at the end of last season. If you don't think that message is being sent inside that locker room, you're crazy. Xavier Leggett is his name, the wide receiver. He's been Spencer Rattler's favorite target. How does South Carolina attack this Georgia defense early? Do you go five wide shotgun, obviously, and just let Spencer Rattler sling it? Is Georgia going to get out there and just try to pressure with four and drop back with seven in coverage? That's my biggest question because if South Carolina can't score or they don't have chunk plays early then georgia can do what they do they can ease themselves into the game maybe get a turnover maybe break a play on special teams then the offense can get into a groove and then it will be that 35 to 10 game that i'm expecting so mentioned it a second ago the game's at 3 30 it's it's we're getting into fall but man georgia in the 80 South, degrees is the high on saturday here yeah, in the so great it, state of georgia it's 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 gonna feel nice but it, it still might be a little warm guys might get a little winded um, so I, I think the strength of Georgia's defense is in the back, the back half. Yeah. But the Javon Bullard question mark, but the front seven though, is still more dominant than yeah. South Carolina's offensive line. So for me, it's, it's, how do I neutralize those guys up front? Let's get those guys going left and right, get them going, get them tired early, uh, somehow. And then you can be able to, for Spencer, be able to take those shots down the field because the offensive line did not play great against North Carolina. We got to find a way to get him protected. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they'll be scheming that up because you got to affect Rattler and then everything crumbles around South Carolina. And that's what's happened recently in this very rivalry. You like, you know, is Georgia scoring more than 40? Probably. Probably. Uh, yeah. But, but it'd just be late. And I think they're going to have to work for it though. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think it'll be easy, but I think North Carolina had a had a, a great plan for them. They ended up scoring a lot of points. 
Um, but it's it, just not going to be easy. It's not going to look nice, but I think late in the game, they will end up scoring 40 points. Just think about it in comparison to the start of last year's season, Oregon blowout 48 to three touchdown, 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 touchdown to start the game. Then you go to South Carolina, touchdown, touchdown, turnover, touchdown, touchdown, 41, nothing. You blink. You're like, this game is over. They were annihilating teams early. And we were sitting here talking about how do you keep that standard throughout the entire season? Now it's different. You know, you have the talent. It hasn't really clicked like that to start the season. So will they be able to find it? Signs would tell, you no. they're still figuring it out. And this is just going to be a different atmosphere. If you don't think Carson Beck's going to be nervous on Saturday, you're crazy. He will be nervous. This is the biggest game he's ever started. I, okay, I agree with you. Uh, going back to Munkin's first year is a little slow of a start. They had a had a tough time figuring out what is their identity. Um, and it looks like the same thing's kind of happening. But uh, this will be the ultimate test uh, for them to come out swinging and say, ah, no, actually, we, we've got it figured out. We, we've known about it. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were just holding it for this game. And yeah, so we'll, yeah, we'll, good we'll, point. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to see – uh, pretty early, but then again, you never know. Good point. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, we're all going to find out at the same time. Again, I'll take the 27 and a half. I think Georgia wins by 27 points, 37 to 10. And I win mm. with the hook. There you go. Uh, we're not going to go deep into this game, but number eight, Washington's heading to East Lansing, Michigan State. You don't think a lot's going on at Michigan State right now? I just want to know. I just want to see their reaction. This game is at 5 p.m. on Peacock. Okay, it's on the cock. You got to have the streaming going. I don't know if you do or don't. I do. I like Premier League soccer on the weekends. Washington's a six point, 16 point favorite, excuse me. Michael Penix Jr., he's a stud out there, man, throwing up some huge stats. Look, I don't know. I guess I'd lay the 16 with Washington. How does Michigan State come out? I have no idea. What do you think the vibe is like in that locker room? Your coach wow. just got ripped out of the locker room. He's making statements saying, I've been seeing this chick. It's crazy, dude. I don't know. It's wild. There's a lot of question marks floating around uh, in that building and in that locker room. They probably don't know what's going on. Uh, the game plan's probably not very, um, you know, locked in and laser focused, not very tight. So, and the Pac-12 is rolling right now. So uh, yeah. I'm going, I'm going Washington yeah. all day long on this one. Do you think there will be one player or one group of players that somehow, some way make a statement for Mel Tucker, a T-shirt, a sign, you know, you would have to think the administration's been like, guys, I don't care how you feel. Can't do it. Open investigation. You just never know with these college kids these days. You never know. Um, but but you you made a great point. If I'm the administration, I'm going to go and nip that one in the bud pretty, yeah. pretty quick and the uh, and make sure nothing happens there on Saturday. No question. All right, Georgia Tech's heading to Oxford to take on 17th-ranked Ole Miss, 7.30 p.m. on SEC Network. Ole Miss, big favorite here, 18-point favorite. Total 63. Georgia Tech's been putting up some points now. Buster yeah. Faulkner, new offensive coordinator. Haynes King, transfer quarterback. They got their first win under the Brent Key official era a week ago. But Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, these are the games I feel like he feasts on. Uh, I would take Ole Miss here. I'd lay the 18 points for myself. Um, you would just have to think. It goes back to the point you made against LSU. Ole Miss, if you're for real, you got to put this one to bed pretty quick. And they did exactly that last year in Atlanta. They whooped Georgia yeah. Tech. Yeah, I, I mean, I, but to me, this is a different Georgia Tech football team. Um, got a new quarterback. Uh, got a new offensive coordinator. Got things rolling. Um 
I like Georgia Tech, but I don't know if I like them for 18 points because yeah. you made a great point about Lane Kiffin. This is just the games. This is where Lane Kiffin comes out to and play. And Quinshawn Judkin, I mean, he can freaking eat yeah. as running back, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, this is where he just comes out to play, rolls out uh, all the trick plays, this, it's the flashy, this and that. So uh, I think Ole Miss will take care of business and they're at home too. So that always helps. No doubt. We're going to finish up with the Tennessee-Florida game. But again, this is a prime podcast now. Colorado State at number 18, Colorado. (laughs) 10 p.m. ESPN, dude. I'll be up late watching this one. Colorado, a 23-point favorite, people. This was the worst team in college football a year ago. I I just can't wait to watch this game. So that's my plug for Prime. Prime, if you're listening, shout out to you. If anybody wants to send me Colorado gear, DM me. I'll give you my address. I'll gladly wear it. You know that. I am a Colorado stan. That's a fact. Number Tennessee, no, excuse me. Number 11, (laughs) Tennessee is going to the swamp. They're taking on Florida, 7 p.m. ESPN. This will be a great game, people. Statistics for days on this one. Ready, Jake? Tennessee, first off, down to a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They were a seven-point favorite earlier in the week. They're down to a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 58-and-a-half points, the total, the over-under. How many points are going to be scored total? 58-and-a-half points. The home team has covered in each of the last four meetings in this rivalry. Tennessee hasn't won two straight in this series since 2003 and 2004, Tennessee has lost nine straight in the swamp. They've won twice in the swamp in 51 years. Is that being talked about? Do the players care? Do they hear about it? Are the coaches saying we're putting an end to this? That's just that that's a lot of pressure, whether you talk about it or not. That's so tough because on one hand, I think I want to believe the players care. And on the other hand, I think these these new younger kids, I, I don't think they care. I just think they go out, ball, and show me my NIL money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. But, but uh, I, I think it's a, a new time and a new era, and I, I think Tennessee goes down there and handles business. I, I think there's just a, a little bit of blood in the water kind of at Florida, and I, I think they they smell it, and I think they're just going to go out and and put a, put a showing on tape uh, kind of like they did to uh, – uh, West Virginia, right? Week one or Virginia week one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they came out a little slow in, in week two against Austin P. But uh, I mean, I, I think they go down. I think Joe, I think he does a great job of uh, coming out and playing fast. I think my biggest question is will Florida's defense be disciplined enough to handle Tennessee's spread offense and their passing attack? You'd be crazy not to think Heupel's going to have tons of smoke and mirrors to confuse those guys early. Let Joe Milton throw it around the yard, quiet that crowd down because look, this is Joe Milton's really first true road test. You don't think that place is going to be bonkers, dude. It's going to be insane down there. This is a guy that got benched at Michigan a couple of years ago. Yes. I know he has all the talent in the world. They're coming. Florida stinks, dude. Don't even six and a half points. Are you kidding me? Tennessee's going to win this game. Put the statistics to bed. They have way too much talent. And I think just scheme-wise, Tennessee should take care of business in big fashion Saturday night. That's just how I feel. Yeah, that's what this offense does is score points and score points fast. Um, You think Graham Mertz can keep up if Tennessee's offense is humming? Ain't no way. 
No, they hit they hit one deep shot, and that'll probably silence the crowd a little bit. Maybe get a few boos. You never know. I, I'd have that that TV turned up a little bit just to kind of see what it what it sounds like here in the swamp if it if it does get out of hand early. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you there. You know, would I be surprised if Florida wins outright? No, I wouldn't be surprised. I just gave you all those statistics that essentially say, watch out, that could happen. When I look at it on paper, I tell myself, Tennessee should win this game going away. It's just as simple as that. Those are my thoughts heading into week three of the college football season. Jake, I'll give you an A+. plus, Dude, you brought it on this episode. I'm I'm trying, man. I'm trying to do the best I can, you know. Just trying to trying to give all my all my being to this pod and uh just trying to give good insights where where I think there's insights to be given. Amen, bro. Amen. That's the <laughs> best. There's no place better to do it than right here on the Punt and Pass podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake, puntandpass.com the number one destination for all things college football. And of course, check us out on social media. I'll be on there this weekend. I will put up my slip on prize picks, the DB three piece. It's cashing this week, folks. There's no doubt about it. Again, Joe Milton, more than two and a half total touchdowns. Bo Nix, more than two and a half passing touchdowns. Graham Mertz, I'm sorry, more than a half interception. That's the DB three piece. Use the promo code punt when you download prize picks, the best daily fantasy game on the market. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Who are the commanders taking on this weekend? Dude, we have the Denver Broncos. and going, In Denver. Going to the Maha Stadium. So nice. excited. You ever uh, been there? Yes, yeah. I did. Uh, when I was with the Buffalo Bills, nice. uh, we played Denver at Denver. And uh, it's it's for real. I, uh, I didn't think it was for real. I uh, got out. To uh, out on the field for a little pregame workout, and started doing little, thin. man started doing a couple of nakeds and rollouts. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm winded, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, but the the ball travels there pretty good. I, I, I feel like I had a little little uh, little extra zip and a couple more yards on on the old arm there. No doubt. Uh, speaking of the Buffalo Bills, that ending of that Monday night football game, I hadn't seen a game that crazy since uh, week two of the preseason when you knocked off the Buff double Ravens. <laughs> That was that was uh, my thought process there. But NFL, man, look, we have Mike McDonald on punting the poor man, the defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens, and he said it best. He's like, every single game in the NFL comes down to the last minute. It's the truth. It's the greatest, greatest product ever in sports. So, look, commanders, go get that second dub, brother. Appreciate your time this weekend. Yes, sir. We will talk to you all on Monday. See you. We out. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.